Hey guys, we are so glad you're here with Journey Church Online. If you're interested in getting more information about Journey Church, we have a messaging service where you can text the phrase, My Welcome to 94,000. This will help you get to know a little bit more about Journey Church. Also, if you want updates texted to your phone about what's going on here at Journey Church, please text the phrase, My Journey to 94,000. As we get ready for today's message, take a minute and share this video with someone. The small action of sharing this video on social media can be the start of life change for whoever sees it. Let's prepare our hearts and our minds for the message God has planned for us today. everyone. Thank you for joining us here online for Journey Church. So excited that you've hopped on and, uh, and you're joining us for the second week of our committed series. And uh, if you weren't able to catch Pastor Mike's uh, uh, message from last week, the first week of this committed series, I would challenge you to jump on YouTube, search our YouTube channel, Journey Church of the River Region. Watch that message. It was absolutely powerful. And then you can watch this one and then it will all connect Again, I'm super, super excited to bring this second week to you. So let's do this. Let's pray, and then we'll jump into the Word for today. God, we're so grateful for the message that will be delivered today. Lord, it is Your Gospel that changes lives. It is Your Son that brings salvation to us, God. So it's not my words. It's Your words. It is life-transforming. And we pray that they come across clearly, God, and they change someone's heart today. In Your name we pray. Everyone said, Amen. Now again, Pastor Mike brought an incredible message last week. I'm going to do my best at holding that standard. And um, uh, he actually talked about the big idea for his message last week was being committed to following Christ. And this week, we're going to be talking about being committed to honoring God in our daily life, the way we speak, the way we walk and talk, the way we treat each other, the example we're setting, the things that we're teaching people. We want to honor God with our daily Commitment, And I don't know if you know this, but commitment is hard. And if you're a human being, you probably do know that. I remember at the beginning of 2020, I decided, hey, I'm going to work out. I'm going to get up every single morning at 6 a.m. and I am going to work out. I'm going to lose some of this dad bod weight. But when that alarm went off at 6 a.m. every single morning, I hit the snooze button and I rolled back over because commitment is hard. There's actually a New Year's statistic that says 87% of people give up on their New Year's resolutions in week one. Why? Because there's this incredible thing called pizza. But it's also really, really difficult. It's hard. It's hard to keep up a commitment for 365 days. It's just hard to keep a commitment. I remember when I was 23 years old, I was actually two weeks away from getting married to my beautiful bride. And my father-in-law at the time had a speedboat, and we decided we're going to get together, my father-in-law, my mother-in-law, my brother-in-law, my wife and I, my future wife and I, we're going to get to there, we're going to go out to the lake, we're going to get on this speedboat, and we're going to have some fun. So we load up, and we go to the lake. We put the boat in the water, and we take off. And it's just a beautiful day, and I don't know if you know this, but speedboats are really, really fast, especially my father-in-law's. 
And so later on during the day, we're just sitting there, we're eating lunch, and he looks at me and my brother-in-law and he says, hey, listen, I got a, like a raft afloat, and we can pull it from behind, uh, uh, we can pull it behind the boat. And I'd love to see you two get out there and see who can stay on this raft the longest. Now, I don't know about you fellas, if you're watching, when somebody challenges me, my pride rises up, and I have a commitment. I'm not going to get beat by my brother-in-law because my future wife is watching me. And so we throw the raft out behind the boat and we take off. And listen, we may have been going 40 miles an hour, but it felt like 100 miles an hour. We were going so fast that the sound just vanished. Like it just was just silence. It was so fast. And then my father-in-law looks behind and he throws his thumb up in the air, which says, I'm going to turn and throw you guys out. And you are going to go way out. And what happens is the G-force, the gravity science starts working against your body and he's going to throw us off at 40 miles an hour. So he turns the boat. We go out wide, and gravity takes over, science takes over, and we flip off of that raft. Both of us wipe out. And I don't know if you know this, but water at 40 miles an hour feels a lot like concrete. And I put my knee into my face, and I bit right through my bottom lip. I actually had to pull my lip from my teeth. I hit myself so hard in the face. Reminds you that it's two weeks from my wedding. And I'm just floating out in the water with blood pouring out of my face. And I'm just being a big old drama queen. And the boat pulls up. And you may not know my wife, but my wife has a great personality. And she knows I can be a little bit of a, a, a drama queen. And so she just begins to laugh at me while my mother-in-law is just, Oh gosh, what happened? we got to take him to the hospital. And I bring that story up because I feel like being a Christian is a lot like being on that raft. It can be a lot of fun at times, but it can also be really, really difficult to stay committed to being a Christ follower. I was committed to staying on that raft, but it was very, very difficult to hold on and stay committed. It's rough to be a Christ follower from time to time. And you almost have to do really the opposite of the, what the world says is okay. And so sometimes you feel all alone, left out on this island. And maybe you feel that way today. Maybe you feel, you're watching right now and you feel that way today. I'm all alone and I'm trying to be an upstanding citizen. I'm trying to set the example. I'm trying to be committed and it's really, really hard and I feel alone. And maybe you just need some encouragement this morning. Maybe you need some encouragement to keep moving forward. Maybe you need some encouragement that says, hey, just stay committed to the process. And so I don't want to walk us through a moment in the Bible. We're going to meet this young man named Timothy. And Timothy, it seems through these nine verses, is, is having a difficult moment. And he's, he's needing some encouragement. And so we're going, to, we're going to see what these scriptures say. We're going to see how we can unpack them and apply them to our life. How we can stay committed to the process. We can stay committed to honoring God. And we see that happening in this letter that Paul wrote to this young leader named Timothy. Now, Timothy is, again, a young leader of a church in the church of Ephesus. And what's happening in that church happens in the church today. There's people who have their own ideas and their thoughts and their sin. And he's having a rough time. There's probably an older generation in that church that says, you don't have enough life experience to lead us, Timothy. So what are you doing here? So he's having... He's probably having some, a difficult time staying committed to the process, staying committed to the daily grind of being a Christ follower. And what we want to do is we want to take this letter and we want to unpack it. We want to figure out 
What's in these nine verses that we can apply to our lives? How can we stay committed to the process? So in 1 Timothy 4, 7 through 16, this is what it says. It says, Do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. And this is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. Then it says, this is why we work hard and continue to struggle. For, the, for our hope is in the living God, who is the Savior of all people and particularly of all believers. And then verse 11 says, teach these things and insist that everyone learn them. It also says, don't let anyone think less of you because of who you are, or excuse me, because you are young. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and in your purity. It goes on to say, until I get there, focus on reading the scriptures to the church, encouraging the believers and teaching them. Do not neglect the spiritual gift you received through the prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. Verse 15, give your complete attention to these matters. Throw yourselves into your tasks so that everyone will see your progress. This last verse, 16, says, Keep a close watch on how you live and on your teaching. Stay true to what is right for the sake of your own salvation and the salvation of those who hear you. And so it does seem indeed that Timothy is having a difficult time, that he's having a tough moment. And Paul is just loving on Timothy. And he's encouraging him to stay committed to the process. And so the question today is this. What can I get from this? What can I, what can I grab? What knowledge can I get from these nine verses? How can I apply it to my life? So let's do this. Let's jump back into verse 7. Let's, let's break these down and figure out how these apply to our life. Verse 7 says, Do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and wise, old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Would you agree that in this world today, we all waste a lot of valuable time arguing over useless things? We argue over things that have no impact in the kingdom whatsoever. Social media, politics, sports. If you get on Facebook right at this moment, take five minutes, scroll up and down, you can find people arguing about the most about the most useless things and they're wasting their valuable time. And so Paul is telling Timothy, you don't have time to waste. You have to focus on the things that matter. I kind of feel like Paul is saying it this way. You don't have time to waste time. You do not have time to waste time. And we know that's true because James 4.14 says, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here for a little while. So we should not spend our time arguing and bickering over godless things. Instead, we should use our valuable time training to become godly. We should use our valuable time training to be more like Christ daily. And if you look in the Gospel, Jesus never argued over anything. He made facts that were backed by the gospel and by his father that was full of truths. Either you followed him or you didn't. In fact, I believe Jesus understood that he was going to be hanging on a cross sooner 
Then later, so he had to make an impact on this world while he was able to do that in his ministry. He understood that he had very limited time and that time was valuable. He did not waste his valuable time. So instead of wasting our time arguing over useless things, let's spend more of our time training to be more like Christ. So we're going to honor God by making a daily commitment to be more like Jesus. Now, if we do what verse 7 says, if we make a commitment and we keep to it, verses 8 and 9 tell us there are promising benefits in this life and in the next. In verse 8, this is what it says. It says, physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. i got to tell you, Paul is that he must be a car salesman because that was incredible. I'm sold. I'm in. You're telling me if I devote some of my time daily, if I devote my life to Jesus, I'm going to get promising benefits in this life and in the next, I'm down. Where do I sign? Paul is challenging Timothy and he's challenging us today to stay committed because boy, is it worth it. So let's do this. Let's recap. Verses 7 through 9. Paul gives Timothy and us a four-step process to, hey, this is how you stay encouraged. Trust the process. This is how you commit yourself to honoring God daily. He says, number one, don't waste time. He says, instead, train to be godly. And then he says, you'll get amazing benefits if you do. And the last step is, this is a great way to live your life. This is a great motto. So don't waste time. Instead, train to be godly. And you'll get amazing benefits if you do. And this is a great way to live your life. And then he starts in on verse 10. This is what he says. He follows up by saying, This is why we work hard and continue to struggle. For our hope is in the living God who is the Savior of all people and particularly all believers. Here's what we have to understand about Paul. Paul understood a daily commitment to be more like Jesus is not going to be easy. In fact, he's writing this letter to Timothy while in jail because he was spreading the gospel. He understood that a daily commitment to being more like Jesus and honoring God is going to be tough, but the benefits would far outweigh the work. He also understood that no matter what, no matter what people say, no matter what he's put through, his hope is found in the living God. Paul is telling Timothy that you should train to be more like Jesus. That if you choose to, understand that it is a process. It's a marathon, not a sprint. It's going to take a daily effort, a daily commitment to honor God in our life. But the benefits are incredible. So I want to challenge you today to stay committed to the process, even though it's hard because the benefits far outweigh the cost. Now let's skip down to verse 12. This is what it says. It says, Don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and in your purity. You know, when we read this verse, we, we, if we unpack the story a little bit, we, we've talked about it for just a moment. We understand that Timothy is in a church. He's a leader in a church. And there's a good chance there's an older generation in there that looking at him and goes, you don't have what it takes to lead us. You don't have enough life experience. 
But Paul is reminding Timothy, don't let people look down on you because God put that gift inside of you. I told you to lead. God has charged you with leading, so you lead. And don't put yourself down, Timothy, just because you're young. And when I look around the world today, in churches outside the four walls of the church, you see two different types of people. You see a younger and you see an older. You see a 14-year-old and an 80-year-old. And the excuse is always the same, why they're not serving, why they're not leading. I'm too old. Nobody's going to listen to me. I can't connect with anybody. Oh, I'm too young. Nobody's going to listen to me. I don't have enough life experience. But I need you to understand this morning, age is just a number. And if you have breath, you have purpose. You have a purpose in you. You can reach somebody. It doesn't matter your age. Please do not let your age dictate your commitment to Jesus. Just because you're 80 doesn't mean you can't reach people for the gospel. Doesn't mean you don't have a testimony. Just because you're 14 doesn't mean that you don't have a gift. Everyone was given a gift to serve the people with and further the kingdom. The church that I was at before Journey... There was a young lady, I call her a young lady, Miss Irma. She's in her 80s today. But every single day that I would walk into the church and Miss Irma was there, she would find a way to me. At over 80 years old, she would walk up to me, she would kiss me on the cheek, she would hug me, and she would begin to speak life over me. She would say, you're a great father. You're a great husband. You're a great pastor and communicator. God has incredible things for you. Miss Irma did not let her age dictate what she would do with her gift. And she decided she was going to set the example and be more like Christ. Which brings us to our the next part of that verse. It says, be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and purity. I want to challenge you today to be an example in every area of your life. It's not going to be easy, and I'm not asking you, nor is God asking you to be perfect. But we should be striving to set an example in every area of our life. Set the standard for those that are around you. I don't know if you know this, but one of the definitions, for example, is this. is a representative or model to be imitated. So I need to ask you this. If you ask the people around you the question, do I imitate Christ daily, what would they say? Would they see you are a representative of Jesus? Would they say that? Or would they go in the other direction and say, well, you're not really living up to who you say you are. And so I want to challenge you to be the standard bearer in your world. Be the standard bearer in your world, the people that surround you. Be committed to setting the example for those around you. And then this last verse, verse 16, here's what I want to do. I want to take the very beginning part of that. And I want to close with this. Verse 16a says, Keep a close watch on how you live and on your teaching. I don't know if you know this or not. And I don't know if you realize this. But you are always being watched. Whether you are a Christ follower or not, You are always being watched. Everything you do, you are either teaching someone to do something good or you're teaching them to do something bad. Either way, whether you you follow Christ or not, you're teaching them the way to live or you're teaching them a way not to live. You know, I remember when my little girl Ava, my first baby, was learning to put sentences together and words together 
There was a moment when, uh, I don't know, I think we were just out having a great day, just her and I. And we drove up into the driveway, we're ending our day, and I go around to get her out of the car seat, and I put her down and had to reach back in for some of her stuff. And as I did that, I'm guessing maybe my clothes or something caught the door because it slammed on the back of my head. And as I felt that pain, honestly, I said, what the heck? But I didn't say heck. But it started with H. And immediately I realized what I had said, and I turned around and looked at my little girl, and I thought, she heard me, and she's learning words, and she's soaking this in. I hope, okay, it's not that big of a deal. We'll move on. But a few days later, we're in her room just playing and wrestling. And she's on her bed and she jumps and she jumps and she falls off her bed and she screams, what the heck? But she didn't say heck. And in the moment, it was funny. Oh no, why did you do that? And we tried to explain to her why we don't do that. But then night came. And I found myself sitting in the living room alone. I feel like God placed this in my heart. And I will always remember this. It's stamped on my memory. That no matter what I do, people will always watch me. Whether I follow Christ or not, if I'm committed or not, they are always watching me just like my little girl. And here's what I have to understand and you have to understand today. I figured out in that moment That if I say I'm a believer, I have to do my very best to live that out daily. Because I am always teaching something to someone. So we must commit. We must commit to live what we believe. Because someone is always watching. Now, if you're a Christ follower, I want to give you one last challenge. If you're watching this right now, day or night, I want to challenge you through this gospel, through these nine verses, finally, commit to honoring God by being an example that people can imitate. It's going to be hard work. It's going to be tough. But the benefits far outweigh the cost. And you will be able to impact people around you. Because you're living up to the standard. You're doing everything you can to live up to that standard that Jesus set. You're trying to do it daily. And you're going to fall and you're going to mess up, but keep moving forward. Keep that commitment. Even when it's difficult, understand it's a process and it's a daily walk. And as long as you have breath, you have purpose and you have an opportunity to reach people through the way you live. And you honor God that way. Now, if you're watching and you don't follow Christ, I would challenge you, commit your life to Jesus right now. And here's what I need you to understand. That God chose to commit Himself to you far, far before, far long before you and I chose to commit our lives to Him. He gave His only Son for our sins that would come down from heaven to earth and He would live a perfect life, a sinless life, all to be hung on a cross for murder. Something He didn't do. Like He's going to be murdered. 
He was beaten and ridiculed for you and I. We belong on that cross. But God says, I am committed to you. I love you so much. I want you to be with me. Jesus would die on that cross and three days later He would raise from the grave so that you and I, if we accept Him, we could have a brand new life. He's not going to make our life better. He's going to give you a brand new life. We're going to start from scratch. So Jesus, today, I'm so grateful for the people watching right now. If they're a Christ follower, that would take this message and they would apply it to their lives. They would commit to honoring you in their life daily. Be an example that people can imitate. Be a representative of the gospel. That they would hear this message. They would tattoo it on their heart and challenge themselves to get up and set the example every single day. And for the person who is watching now who has never accepted Jesus, I pray right now that they would step into a a commitment with you that they would repeat this prayer right now. Dear Jesus, come into my life. I am a sinner. I have taken way too long to come to You. But in this moment, I commit my life to You. I know that I have purpose. Take my sin, the old me, make me new. I want to impact this world. Today, I believe, God, the Gospel has gone forth. And it has transformed someone's life. In Jesus' name. If you just made a decision to follow Christ, we want you to know it is the greatest decision you have ever made. And we want to help you with your next steps. If you will text the phrase, my decision, to the number on your screen, we would love to help you as you start this journey with Christ. We're going to bring our tithes and offering to God. I want to encourage you to put God first in this area of your life. We do that through our giving. Now, we've made this super simple, so you should see a link on the screen and in the comment section to the Journey Church giving page, and there you can return your tithes and offering. If you need help learning how to give online, we have multiple YouTube videos that can explain how to do so. Your giving allows us to continue making an increasing impact for the gospel, so take that step right now and allow God to bless your obedience. Again, thank you so much for joining us here at Journey Church Online. And we cannot wait to see you right back here next week.